I'm Kat. I'm Taylor. And welcome to Square Mile of Murder. Uh, before we begin this week's episode, we, mainly I, have an apology and a correction to make. So two episodes ago, in episode 32 on Dennis Nielsen, we obviously talked a lot about Nielsen's victims. And one of the victims, Martin Duffy, we described as a runaway who had hitchhiked to London and ended up on the streets. Now, this is because the sources that we used described him as such. And it wasn't until I was watching a documentary a couple of days ago about Dennis Nielsen, which included interviews with Martin's family, that we learned Martin was in fact not a runaway living on the streets, but rather a trainee chef who just happened to be visiting London. Yeah. Um, So... Martin's brother and sister say that over the years, Martin has frequently been portrayed as a runaway, an addict, homeless, you know, all these various things, um, mainly just to make him fit into the same victim profile as most of uh, Nelson's other victims. So, you know, obviously making Nelson's victims or, or really any like serial killer's victims fit this less dead profile is and always has been a way for police to justify, you know, their failings in these investigations and catching serial killers. Because, you know, as we know, there's always less concern for people on the edges of society or for those who slip through the cracks. So we want to make sure that we don't perpetuate that kind of thing. And so we apologize for uh, making the mistake that we did and for misidentifying uh, Martin Duffy and, you know, we want to make sure to honor his memory. So, on yep. with the show. So, this week, we are heading down under to the state of Victoria in southeast Australia. With a request from one of our listeners and patrons, Erin. Yes, so thank you very thank much you. for your request. Yeah, we, we do listen to your requests. We have them all... I think we've got them, most of them in for November and December. So yeah, so l- listen out for up that. Soon. Yeah. Uh, so it is a tale of a room of black. Oh no, a tale of black. <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> it is a tale of a romantic picnic lunch gone wrong when a young couple are kidnapped by a satanic cult. But. As is the case with most of the crimes we talk about, (laughs) always not as it seems. It is a story as weird and wild as the rural Australian countryside in which it takes place. It is the kidnapping of Julian Buchwald and his girlfriend Carolyn. So let's get into it. On the afternoon of March 4th, 2008, a 22-year-old Julian Buchwald took his 17-year-old girlfriend, Carolyn, for a picnic lunch near a waterfall on his family's land near the town of Budgery in the Latrobe Valley in country Victoria, uh, 111 miles or 178 kilometers from the city of Melbourne. Um, The land was remote and made up of mostly bushland covering 500 hectares, which is about Two square miles or like five square kilometers. God. You would not believe the rabbit hole I fell down trying to figure out what hectares look like. Like inside, <laughs> like how do you, Sorry. like what does it look like? Is is my garden a hectare? Yeah. Is it, you know, because cause I was like, do I compare? Okay, so if I compare it to acres, which I still don't understand what, <laughs> like, what they are. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, what is it in square miles or square kilometers? So, well, we should know. Yeah. We're the square mile people. Yeah. So if 500 hectares is two square miles, we are 250 hectares. Cool. That's going to be the spinoff show 250 <laughs> hectares of murder, of bullshit. Of, yeah. That, that, That's yeah. what we can call our gag reel. Yes. 250 hectares of nonsense. Yes, we have been talking about making a gag reel because Taylor keeps cutting out our wonderful tangents. You lovely, lovely listeners have no idea how many 
hours of bullshit I have cut out of our episodes. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of it's very amusing if we do say so ourselves, and we do. But like, it just seems a waste to me that all our comedic glory is just languishing away <laughs> and raw recordings. Yeah. So maybe someday if 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 patrons are so inclined to request such a thing, we will release 250 hectares of murder bullshit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How much um, of that are you actually going to leave in, though? That's the thing. I'll leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> no, if I just cut it out, that would be great. We'll see. No, we'll see how long in. we've run. It's a short episode, so the sh- yeah. that's the thing. The shorter the episode, the more bullshit you get left in. So if you request cases where there's very little information... You get more you get nonsense. More... Yeah. So Yeah, because there's actually not a lot about this case. By which I mean there's not a Wikipedia page to use as a jumping off point. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So back to the information we do have. <laughs> so yeah, uh, like two square miles, five square kilometers, lots of conversions, all fun times. Um, as far as anyone knew, the couple were happy. They'd been together for two years, but uh, their relationship had never become sexual as neither of them believed in sex before marriage and they had plans to marry eventually. Um, Now, because of this, they hadn't moved in together and uh, both still lived at home with their parents. Julian lived in Budgery and Carolyn lived in Churchill, just a few miles away. Also, so the age of consent in the state of Victoria is 17 and Carolyn would have been 15 when their relationship began. And yes, we know people have sex underage. It happens. But he would have been 20, which to me is a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Like like five years age gap isn't a big deal once you're into your 20s or older. Like yeah. there's five years between my parents and I've never like batted an eyelid at that. And I mean, there's four years between me but, and the gremlin. But we met when I was 25 and she was 22. One, well, two. Hmm. I didn't realize she was that much younger than us. You cradle snatcher. I know. But yeah, so a 20-year-old man going out with a 15-year-old schoolgirl. That's weird. It's Red Flag City. Um, And also, you have to be 18 to legally marry in Australia. So they weren't going to marry until... She was at least 18. Uh, the couple were supposed to be home by 3 p.m. that day. So when they failed to return, um, their families began to worry because this was, you know, very out of character for them to be late. Uh, Julian's mother began to pace up and down the driveway. And it was then that she noticed a piece of paper pushed through uh, their wire fence. She unfolded the piece of paper and found the following note written on it. I am not going to do the accent. <laughs> it's fair. Fair enough. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's Taylor's department and should have put this in your section. Really, I know. I'm, I'm shocked, really. <laughs> so the letter read as follows. You bloody couldn't leave us alone. So your son and girl went walkabout. Uh, you get Caroline... You get Carolyn and Julian back when we finish our business in the area, but only if you behave yourself and don't shit us around again. Tell everyone they are on holiday. Don't you dare talk to the cops again and you'll get your kids back. Shit us again and you'll never see them again because we'll fuck the girl to death and burn her alive. And the bloody boy will really enjoy to torture and sacrifice to our God to pay back 180 times the hurt he did to us when we picked him up. This is your last warning. Do what we say and the kids come back in a live condition. I mean, there's some serious grammatical issues, but... Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Um, how... I mean, I also have some other questions, like how can you fuck someone to death and then burn them alive? Oh, yeah, good, good, good point. Also, um, very specific... Uh, 
sacrifice to our God to pay back 180 times the hurt that he did to us. Yeah. So Julian's mother, obviously, as any same person would, called the cops immediately. They launched a massive like land and air search for the missing couple. Uh, but the search was difficult because it's a massive area, um, the Latrobe Valley. It's thick bushland, tree covering for a lot of it. And a massive network of like back roads and dirt tracks and trails. So quite a difficult place to go missing. Yeah. While police searched the Latrobe Valley, detectives tried to figure out who on earth could have taken Julian and Carolyn. The note suggested there was some kind of history between the Buchwald family and the kidnapper kidnappers. Oh. Is that a combination of kidnappers and captors? Yeah. Kidnappers. Or Kidnappers and raptors. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Well, I mean, have you seen some of the wildlife in Australia? It's completely True. possible. It's, it's very Jurassic, if you will. Um, so, right. Between the family and the kidnappers. Um, but Julian's parents had no idea who could have taken the couple. Um, however... When they interviewed Carolyn's parents, detectives found that they had received a letter 10 days before the disappearance, which told them to stay away or the mysterious letter writer would destroy them and make their lives a misery. Um, crucially, the letter to Carolyn's parents also included a passage explaining that Christians were their enemies. Um, Carolyn's father had reported it to police, but it was thought to be nothing more than a prank and no further action was taken after that. Um, both letters had the same strange star-like symbol on them, which was eventually found to be the symbol of the ONA um, or the Order of Nine Angles. Not angels, as I initially thought when I read through the script. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're thinking that Maybe the Order of Nine Angles was just a super fanatical group of maths fans, you know, a la mathletes from Mean Girls. You'd be wrong. Very, very wrong. Can I just say that joke makes a lot more sense now that I know it's angles, not angels. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read that. I'd just woken up, to be fair, when I read it. But I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> See, you're just not appreciating my comedic genius. Oh, it's great. That was it was a good one. It really works when you, you know, yeah. <laughs> know how to read. <laughs> Go figure. It really, really works when when you're not dyslexic. Yeah, as we both are. That's that's the problem there. <laughs> that's the real issue at hand. So. The Order of Nine Angles is a black magic satanic cult known to preach neo-Nazi ideologies and conduct human sacrifice rituals. Fun. The right-wing group was founded in the 1960s in the Welsh marches of Western England, which is actually on the English side of the English-Welsh border. The group lionised the era of Nazi power in Europe and have their own calendar, which begins on Adolf Hitler's birth date. But their beliefs in the supernatural go far beyond anything found in your regular run-of-the-mill right-wing terrorist groups. The group's goal is to overthrow what they describe as a Jewish-Christian-centric society and bring about a new world order based on a twisted mixture of Satanism, Darwinism, eugenics and fascism. The group have been designated a right-wing terrorist organisation and as well as engaging in human sacrifice, many members of the group have countless accusations and a large number of convictions for rape, other sexual assault and paedophilia. The group's notoriety rose throughout the 1980s and 90s and by the 2000s they were using the internet to further their cause and had expanded throughout the UK, into Europe and the rest of the world. But... In 2008, when Julian and Carolyn went missing, there was no known chapter of the Order of Nine Angles in Australia. There were no crimes linked to the cult, and there wasn't even any like crazy conspiracy theories or rumours about the group existing deep underground in Australia. Um, that just really sound like a 
great bunch of people, don't they? Oh, yeah. It's almost like, like okay, how can we make neo-Nazi, like, how can we make Nazism yeah. appeal to more people? I know, we'll throw in some human sacrifice. Right? Just, like, get a little bit of that in there. Hey, also, you have to follow this other calendar. Now, I know that most calendars have been around for thousands of years, but we've decided ours is better. Oh, and there's a yeah. Hitler connection. Fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with, with all this in mind, police feared that uh, maybe the group had expanded into Australia and were planning to make their presence known, you know, with a bang, or in this case, with a very public human sacrifice. I mean, that is a worry when you find out what this group are about. Yeah. Fair enough, guys. Fair enough. Um, Julian and Carolyn were very committed to their faith. And given the Order of Nine Angles' hatred of Christians, it, it made sense that they could have been chosen for a sacrifice. Uh, the police interviewed the minister at Julian and Carolyn's church and asked for his opinion and advice on satanic cults and whether or not he thought the couple could have fallen victim victim to them. But the minister had a different theory about what had happened to the young lovers. He thought that they had simply run away together. Um, although he couldn't explain the two notes uh, and he did point out that the language was very out of character for either of the two. Um, but yeah, he thought they just skedaddled together. Um, and this theory was plausible. After all, they did have plans to get married once Carolyn finished her studies. Um, they could have just decided that they didn't want to wait and decided to run away together. But upon further investigation, police found that the couple had taken nothing with them other than their lunch. Um, and there was no food or money missing. And as police monitored their bank accounts in the following days, they found that neither of them had touched any of their accounts. I'm really glad that this case happened like 12 years ago and not like 40 years ago because everyone would have just been like runaways. The police wouldn't have even investigated. They'd been like, oh yeah, they ran away and got married. Yeah. Whereas this time the police are like, eh, actually, we don't think that's quite right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. As the days passed, police began to fear the worst and switched their focus from search and rescue to searching for remains. But then, seven days after the couple disappeared, they were found in the Alpine National Park, about a six-hour drive north of the Latrobe Valley, where they were last seen, and where police had been searching for them. Julie and Carolyn emerged from the wilderness, partially clothed, severely sunburnt, and were picked up by a farmer driving along a remote back road. After receiving medical attention, the two were interviewed by police, telling them of their horrific ordeal out in the bush for days. The pair had been driving home from their picnic when Julian saw some roadkill on the side of the road. He pulled over, got out of the car, and walked back to examine the carcass, leaving Carolyn alone in the car. Just moments later, a masked attacker appeared out of nowhere and attacked Carolyn, dragging her from the car and tying her up. The masked attacker threw her in the boot of the car and drove around for hours until he finally took her from the car and dragged her into the wilderness. The attacker stripped Carolyn naked and threw her into a hole in the ground, still tied up. Carolyn was terrified and convinced she was about to be raped and probably murdered. So, with no chance of escape, she did what any other devout Christian would do in her situation. She prayed. A lot. Fair enough. Um, also, who stops to look at some roadkill? I don't know. I mean, like I say, they got some pretty wild, crazy animals out there. Maybe it was like a, a mutant. Yeah. Like a, a, I don't know. Maybe it was a raptor. Or like a, yeah. Or like just a giant kangaroo. Oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, let's uh, let's take this. It's in pretty good shape. Let's let's take it and have it for dinner. Oh, poor kangaroo. Um, have you ever had kangaroo meat? It's actually delicious. I haven't. I've had alligator. 
also delicious. I've never had alligator. Alligator nuggets are magnificent. Um, love a good snail. Love a good escargot. Yeah, not doing it for me. <laughs> well, it's basically just the butter and the garlic part <laughs> that I love. But yeah. Um, but not a big fan of repurposing roadkill. See, the problem is when I think roadkill, I think skunk. And ain't nobody want to eat no skunk, so. Yeah. I mean, around here, it is mostly pheasant and rabbit, which by the time they've been hit, there's not, they're scraped. There's nothing to eat. Why no, are we having this conversation? Spilled, this is horrible. They're all over the road, so yeah. Yeah. But you know, if it's like a large animal, I can understand that. Yeah. So that will be a mystery for another day. Um. So, yes, Carolyn was praying miraculously as if God himself was answering her prayers. The attacker just left her there in the hole in the ground. And um, a little bit later, she heard Julian's voice calling out to her through the darkness. Julian found and untied Carolyn, telling her that he had been tied up and kidnapped too, but had freed himself with a knife. Convenient. Um. <laughs> Andy. Uh, the couple fa- just leaves knives lying it's around. Fine. It's fine. Um, the couple found a sleeping bag and some food left by the kidnapper. Again, a bit uh, a bit messy there. Um, yeah, this kidnapper is not doing much to cover his tracks, is he? Not well organized. Give him that. No. Um, uh, so they found the sleeping bag and food. And then they uh, fled into the bush before he could return. They had wandered around in the bush for seven days, but had never seen the masked kidnapper again. They had, however, after a couple of days, found a backpack uh, while wandering around, which uh, turned out to be one of their backpacks, which they had taken on the picnic, and inside were some of their clothes. In their efforts to elude the kidnapper, the couple had avoided the main trails and stuck to the roughest, hardest terrain. Uh, until after seven days, they finally found the road where they were picked up. And they never ran into the kidnapper again. So, obviously, police were desperate to track down the kidnapper. Not only because they kidnapped this young couple, but also if there was a connection to the Order of Nine Angles cult, other people, their families, just the general public could be at risk. So they conducted a huge search of the area of the Alpine National Park where the couple had been found and they managed to find a map, duct tape, rope, clothing, a shovel and a knife. Now you may be thinking this is great. They found all this evidence. They've got to be some like fingerprints, some forensics that can help track down the kidnapper. And you'd be right. Kind of. (laughs) But this is also when everything starts to unravel. Because you see, the police were able to quite quickly discover the identity of the person who owned all of these items left behind in the middle of the bush. And these items all belonged to Julian Buchwald. Hmm. Curious. So. Curiouser and curiouser. So as, as probably they are for you right now. The alarm bells started ringing definitely loudly for the police. Um, There were a number of things wrong with Julian's story. First of all, he claimed to have been knocked out by the kidnapper uh, and then that he woke up naked and bound near Carolyn in the bush. But to be knocked out for the six-hour drive from Budgerie And however long it took the kidnapper to drag both of them into the bush, you'd have to take a pretty severe knock on the head. Um, That'd have to be one hell of a rock you got hit with. Yeah. Uh, But the cut on Julian's head was not that big. Just kind of like a bad scratch. So that didn't add up. Um, Second... All the items used in the kidnapping, right down to the rope used to tie them up, belonged to Julian. Kidnapper had taken none of his own tools. 
they even used Julian's car to drive six hours to the Alpine National Park. Now, even the laziest kidnapper among us is not going to bet on their victims having everything they need to perform the kidnap. Like, especially the car with the fuel to drive six hours. A bit, a bit suspect once again. Yes. Um, so police began to theorize that Julian had actually been involved in the kidnapping, although they didn't quite understand why. I mean, there hadn't been any ransom demands, so why help kidnap his girlfriend? Um, bit weird. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of stories from like all over the world of people like faking their own kidnappings or helping friends or loved ones mm-hmm. help help them to like fake a kidnapping for the money. Yeah, but there was none of that. But that didn't happen. Yeah, she's so, like. If I was going to fake a kidnapping, and I'm not gonna, but if I was, there'd be money involved. Oh, yeah. It's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, quite, as you'll <laughs> see in a, in a couple of minutes. But Hang on there. Um, so yeah. the police told Julian that they were not buying his story and pressured him to tell them the truth. Eventually, Julian cracked and confessed to police that he wasn't just involved in the kidnapping. He was the only one involved. Oh, damn. Julian... Oh, yeah. Julian Buckwald had kidnapped his own girlfriend, faked his own kidnapping in the process, and wandered around in the wilderness for seven days. Julian told the police how he'd planned the attack, he'd buried his supplies out on the family's land, then lied about seeing the roadkill carcass as an excuse to stop the car, He then walked back down the track to where he'd buried the supplies, got changed, then attacked and tied up Carolyn before driving her up to the Alpine National Park. Before dragging her out into the bush and letting her think she was about to be raped and murdered in the middle of nowhere. He also confessed that he'd never been lost in the bush. He had a map and he knew exactly which trails would take them to the road and which would leave them wandering around for seven days. We're going to unpick all that in a minute, but (laughs) the big question then is why? What a question. Well, hold on to your hats because you're not going to believe this one. Yep, go go find a hat and put it on so you can hold on to it. Hold on to it or, you know. Hold on to your socks or jaws or butts or whatever. Anything. Just hold on. This whole scheme, all this nonsense, was all so that Julian could get laid. Yes, you did hear Taylor correctly just then. This pathetic human being tortured and traumatized his girlfriend like this for seven days so he could coerce her into having sex with him. Lovely. Just lovely. Um, so if you remember back to the beginning of this strange story, um, when we said that uh, because the two were so devout in their religion uh, that their relationship hadn't gotten past sort of the, the, the hand-holding phase, um, well, it turned... Which there is nothing wrong with. No. If that's If that's what you believe and that's how you want your relationship to be no shade no that's great no that's perfectly valid holding hands is fun um well, it can be <laughs> but People have sweaty hands well yes you, you know don't don't be a sweaty hander um well it turned out julian wasn't super happy about the whole state of their affair or lack of affair, if you will. Um, although the couple had plans to get married, they couldn't until Carolyn was at least 18. And she wanted to finish her studies anyway before they got married. Uh, but Julian was not prepared and not willing to wait that long. But the Alpine National Park, as with a lot of places in Australia and 
desert climates in general, is roasting hot during the day and freezing cold at night. Yeah. And so somewhere in this cockwomble's brain was the idea that he could convince his girlfriend that the only way for them to stay warm enough on a night and not freeze to death would be if they had sex. Yeah. Okay. You heard that, right? So Julian tried to coerce Carolyn into having sex with him. And, you know, bears repeating, coercion does not equal consent. Um, so he tried to coerce her by telling her that if they didn't have sex, they would freeze to death. No. It will come as a shock to almost none of you. I hope. This didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So not only is it fucking ridiculous for a number of reasons. One being that normally, you know, when you have sex, you sweat and there's other various bodily fluids knocking about. Uh, So in a freezing cold environment, this would actually make you colder. Yes. Also, quite possibly... I think you have written the least appealing description of sex that I've ever heard. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. It is a service I provide. <laughs> if you yeah, if you want cat something similar to say. If you want cat to convince your children to not have sex, that is the service <laughs> we can provide to you. <laughs> For a small nominal fee. or a full service podcast here to keep them from doing full services so not only would you know the whole like sweating bodily fluids thing end up making you colder in the long run carolyn took her faith faith incredibly seriously and even when Julian said they could make their vows to each other right there, lost in the wilderness, and that would make them married in the eyes of God, she still wouldn't do it. Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, good on you, girl. Yeah. You stick to what you believe in. Don't let no man try and force you into doing what you want. Yeah. After seven days of trying to get laid, Julian gave up and led Carolyn back to the road that he always knew they were close to and that's where they were found by the passing farmer there is a bit of a a biblical note in there isn't it like after seven days of trying to get (laughs) fucked wandering (laughs) through the wilderness julian said let there be farmers (laughs) on the first day he stole her clothes yeah (laughs) second day he, he lied about him. marriage in the eyes of God. <laughs> Dear God, this story. Thank you so much, Aaron, for uh, suggesting this because it is. Whew, yeah, we, ooh, ooh. this case is one of the best I think we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Um, so not only did Julian explain all this to police as if it was no big deal. Um, he also described how Carolyn had no idea about any of it and, uh, how she had cried and begged for her life and begged him to let her go. Great. Just lovely. What the fuck? That is, that's just the thing. It's just so much psychological trauma inflicted on this woman. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, well, I did it so I could get laid. It's, it's no, such, you don't deserve it. It's such a gross, like, incelly thing to do. And just, like, the whole yeah. mindset of just, like, well, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's like, yeah. no, fuck you. It is, like, an, an incel, like, well, this woman wouldn't have sex with me, so I'm going to torture her for a week. Yeah, so it's my right But then to she still wouldn't have sex with me, her. so... I mean... I gave up. Yeah. At least... I mean, at least he gave up. Thank fuck. Yeah, I was just gonna say, thank fuck he did give up because any more serious incels that would have ended in rape. Exactly. And we at, all know that. At least. Um. Yeah. So, 
unfortunately, the emotional and psychological trauma wasn't uh, all that Carolyn had to suffer. Um, being tied up in the boot of the car for six hours and traveling over rough terrain um, gave her some pretty serious long-term injuries to her neck, hands, and back. Um, and you add that to the severe sunburn and injuries to her feet from walking around in the blazing hot wilderness with no shoes and barely any clothing. And you've got a lot of physical effects as well as the psychological ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I don't think most of us understand how, like what happens when you get severely sunburned. Oh, like no. sunburn can be, which is worse? Is it first or third degree that burns that are worse? Third. third. Like, you can end up with, like... I know you can end up with second degree burns. You could probably end up with, like, third degree as well. Yeah, if it's if it's From bad sunburn. enough. And if it's... The thing about sunburn is that, like, if you get sunburn on top of your sunburn, things start to, like, you get blister and... And then you get infections yeah. as well. I think yeah. wandering around in the bush. Really. There's lots of insects. There's lots of... Plants Pretty much stuff. anything in Australia will try and eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this particular area is apparently known for snakes as well. So. I yeah. like the last thing in the world I ever want to do is walk through the wilderness barefoot in an area that is known for snakes. Can I yeah. just put that out there? <laughs> yeah. Same with you on that one. So. Julian was charged after, you know, this confession, like it's no big deal. He was charged with kidnapping Carolyn, abduction with intent to marry, which we think is like abduction with intent to force someone to marry. Yeah. Abduction for sexual penetration, faking his own kidnapping, and because in doing that, he ended up filing a false police report, theft. And eventually skipping bail and trying to flee the country. Which was also added because the story does not stop here. Of course not. After pleading guilty, Julian was granted bail until his sentence hearing, which I don't understand. <laughs> He's pled guilty. Why is he not in lockup at the very minimum? Yeah. Anyway, this seems like a good time to tell you a little bit about Julian's background. So his parents were German. And although they'd lived in Australia for decades, he was actually born in Germany during an extended trip his parents had taken back to visit family. So he didn't actually have Australian citizenship. And tie your knot in that because it'll become important in a little bit. Julian was very typically German. Fair skin, blonde hair and blue eyes. Just, Just remember that. Keep that in mind. While we tell you... While Taylor tells you his next daring feat. Yes. This this man has so many bad ideas. Um, so after posting bail, Julian decided he wasn't super keen on just waiting around for his sentencing hearing. So this blue-eyed, blonde-haired, really white guy decided he would flee Australia. But for that, he needed a disguise. He decided he would flee to Chennai in India, disguised as an Indian man. So he dyed his hair black and put on some brown face or brown entire body to achieve this wild deception. His ultimate goal was to travel to Germany, where he still had distant relatives. Um, he got hold of a fake Indian passport and made it to Chennai, but uh, despite fooling Australian immigration, he didn't fool Indian immigration, and customs uh, uh, officers promptly returned him to Australia. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like, I always say like he fooled Australian immigration. Immigration don't give a shit when you're leaving the country. That's the thing, like, you're like, oh yeah. They're like, well, it's not our problem. You can go. Usually it's just I mean, from my experience, when you're leaving somewhere, they just check to see if your passport 
vaguely matches your face and the name on your ticket. So, yeah, as long as that happens, he would have been. Yeah. So good job, Indian officials. You yeah. found Australian immigration probably just didn't care. Yeah. You found the dumb. They were too busy giving everyone two hundred and fifty dollar fines for the raw food in their luggage, as seen on Border Patrol, or Border Security. Is that oh. What's have you never watched that? No. <gasps> it's my favorite. And it, the Australian <laughs> one is the best because no matter what offense, unless it's like drugs, you get a $250 fine and that's it. But it's it gets <laughs> built up for a half an hour. And so it's like, oh my God, what are they going to do to the guy who has a bunch of frozen mealworms in his suitcase? $250 fine. <laughs> anyway, they were busy giving out fines. Indian immigration on the ball. So they sent him back to Australia. But they sent him back to Australia via Singapore. And while he was there, he managed to escape again. He's He's wily, this guy. Um, he was eventually apprehended, though, and returned to Australia. So, skipping bail was added to his list of charges. Duh. And in 2009, Julian Buchwald was sentenced to seven years and nine months for the original charges and six months extra for skipping bail. He appealed his sentence, claiming it was unfairly long, but in 2011, the Court of Appeal found that there had been no wrongdoing during the investigation and that his sentence was fair and well within the range allowed for the severity of his crimes. Um, he served his sentence at Fulham Prison in Sale, Victoria. Or Sal, maybe? I have no idea. S-A-L-E. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that... Altogether, it adds up to just over eight years. Yeah. That's a really light sentence for kidnapping. Yeah. But the story does not end there. Not. Because why would it? <laughs> <laughs> Remember the knot we told you to tie a few minutes ago about Julian's citizenship? Well, now it becomes important. So Australia has a fairly strict points-based immigration system. And criminal convictions definitely count against you in this system. Mm -hmm. So in 2014, the Australian Immigration Department told Julian that his permanent residency visa was now under review because of his criminal conviction. He appealed, showing evidence that he had job offers for when he was released, even though that was two years before his earliest release date anyway. Mm -hmm. And that he had left Germany when he was less than a year old, didn't speak the language, and it wasn't his home. Australia was. But his pleas fell on deaf ears. And in the autumn of uh, 2014, his visa was canceled. Had he applied for and been granted citizenship, just like his siblings had done uh, before kidnapping Carolyn, he would have been allowed to remain in Australia once he was released. But he didn't do that. So he was released in spring 2016 and was uh, quickly loaded onto a plane bound for Germany. Uh, we don't know any more about Julian Buchwald or where he is now, uh, nor do we know anything about what happened to Carolyn after uh, Buchwald was arrested. And that is the absolutely insane. Like, I feel like we started in one place and we've ended up in an entire di entirely different one. We've ended up on another continent, in fact. Yeah. We did. In more ways than one. <laughs> um, that is the, Via a different continent. Yes. <laughs> That's the totally fucked up, crazy bullshit ca uh, case of the kidnapping of Julian Buchwald and his girlfriend, Carolyn. Wow. I... <laughs> I don't even know. Like Me neither. I think we've said it all already, but just like, it's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, and him to say his sentence was unfairly severe i'm like <laughs> you kidnapped a human being and tortured them for a week just 
to get your leg over. And then lied to police, tried to escape twice. Like, I, but no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Not forgetting the whole blackface thing. Well, brown yes. face. Also that. Um, it's, it's, it's just another in the long list of completely ill-advised and totally fucking bananas ideas that this guy has had and executed. I really well, hope that he's somewhere in Germany just still not able to speak the language and just <laughs> fucking like miserable. Yeah. Just why I just don't understand how, how he came up with this plan. So I did some of the reading I did on this case. People were like, oh well he had like um wasn't like developmental delay it was something to, something to do with like he couldn't empathize with others and i'm like that is no excuse no 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 just don't kidnap people like yeah. i don't i don't i don't care about anything else just don't kidnap people don't try to you know yeah. coerce people into having sex don't rape people don't murder people it's not that hard i i i don't yeah. do any of those things and every day yeah, like you can struggle with empathy, but you still know right from wrong. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. And like, Even, people with antisocial personality disorder, there's a lot more of them out there than there are murderers, so they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. No. Um. Also, like, what the fuck was this guy? like into that he decided I'm going to blame this on this satanic cult thing. Yeah, that was weird, especially because they weren't. I think they have been found in Australia now for yeah. real. But at that time, they weren't known. There weren't even rumors of them being active in Australia. So, yeah, it's just it's bizarre and like it's just another it's another sort of notch in this case that sort of echoes the the whole incel you know white nationalist right wing like bullshit because you know even if he was wildly religious or or presented to be wildly christian it to other people like to even know about this kind of organization and, and to sort of have enough information to write that letter. Yeah. Uh, you have to have done some research. So they like said, I think we've said it all. Yeah. You know, in all of these cases that we cover, obviously you wish that the, the victims had, had just never encountered their attackers. Oh, yeah. But in particular, in this case, I just wish so yeah. much that this poor woman had never gotten involved with this absolute piece of trash. Yeah. And let me say, I mean, to start with, when they first got together, she was 15, he was 20. Let me say, once you're into your 20s, even once you're like 18, 19, that age gap isn't as big a deal. Yeah. But I mean, 15... Think about when you were 15 and like someone who's 20 years old seemed like a, a totally different like stratosphere of humanity. Was Yeah. And then you get to 20 and realize nobody knows what the yeah. they're doing. Like, I mean, 15 years old is a freshman in high school. Yeah. And 20 is a junior, sophomore, junior in college. So like... Mm. I don't know. That's it's not right. And like you say, it's very sort of incelly and it just speaks to like his entitlement and how he thinks he's just entitled to this woman. And like, what kind of fucking marriage are you actually going to have mm-hmm. if you can't even wait for the marriage to begin before you're trying to completely control and dominate this woman who you think you're entitled to? Yeah, exactly. 
not not adding up there, buddy. No. So, hopefully, he is living a really horrible, shitty, painful life. Yes. Um. Thank you for listening, and a huge thanks to Erin for yes. <laughs> suggesting this case because it has been really interesting. If frustrating and mind-bending <laughs> to research. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's and uh, very good yeah. suggestion. Yeah, we have enjoyed it as much as it has made us angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, Erin. Um uh yeah, so um if you want to uh request a case, uh our our ears and our inboxes are open. Um if you uh want to submit that through social media um if you would like to join our our patreon and and request stuff through there um it's super easy go to patreon.com slash square mile of murder um we have we have low low money tiers mid money tiers and high money tiers and uh uh any and all are are a good time aaron will tell you that much and uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Aaron, that we've just <laughs> we're putting so much on you. Yeah, now our spokesperson. <laughs> um, but so c- come on over there. We got fun stuff. We get bonus stuff. Uh, ep- regular episodes day early. Um, if if you would be so kind, we would love it dearly if you would uh, give us a rating and review especially on apple podcasts but like anywhere else is cool too and spotify as well spotify yeah um and uh, you know because that it helps us get in front of more ears yeah um are we on amazon music yet we're working on it amazon amazon music is coming soon if you want to know all the other places that you can listen to us uh, they're all on our website in a little slider but also just whatever podcast app you use, if you just search, like we're pretty much going to be in most of them. And be sure to follow us on social media. Square Mile of Murder, the podcast, join the Facebook group or on Instagram. We're still not very good at Twitter, but you know. But we're there. We're there sometimes. Um, because we have a very, very fun surprise coming very soon and we'll be announcing it on social media and we're very excited about it. Yes. So go follow us yeah. now. Go go check it out. Do it now. <laughs> so threateningly. <laughs> you just ruined my, my threatening voice. Sorry. Um, yeah. Come see us on there. We also post, you know, pictures and, and little uh, video clips from our episodes and stuff. So. Check it out. And memes, memes and yes. Stories. Um, um lots of fun things. Come talk to yeah. us. We're we're fun. Yep. If you have to say it, it's not oh, true. Thank you all. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna end now. Yep. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye bye.